Hi friends, I'm Classy Watson, and welcome to Pursuing Peace. I believe our healing is deeply connected to the resilience of our inner peace and how we manifest it in our relationships, our families, and the world around us. So join me as we pave new paths toward healing, learn new perspectives, and share our real stories that help us cultivate deeper connections like never before. Your path to pursuing peace starts now. Welcome to Pursuing Peace with Classy Watson. I'm so excited that you're here with us. And we're going to be talking about and having conversations with community leaders, change makers, movers and shakers around how we start to pursue peace, both inwardly and outwardly in our lives. And today we have Abraham Williamson, and I am going to let him introduce himself because he is the man with all of the plans. Abraham, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, thank you for having me. And I guess I can't do this intro without starting off with how we know each other, which is uh, from the early days, from childhood days, I guess at the very least middle school, right? Through yeah. high school, we both chose to do the International Baccalaureate Program. So we got to know each other closer there. Uh, but born and raised in North Little Rock, Arkansas, where we met. And then my yeah. senior year of high school uh, during the Great Recession, had to move to Texas my senior year. Then I went off uh, to college and all of that, which maybe we can get into later. But now uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I own my own firm with my business partners, law firm, where we represent creators and innovators and early stage startup founders. And I also host my own podcast, Diverse Tech Founders Podcast, where we you know, just emphasize and focus on people into technology space, uh, investors, ecosystem builders, founders, and all that. Uh, but what I like about your platform and what I'm hoping we get into today is when I was in grad school overseas, I focused a lot on um, some of the questions that you were telling me early on. So I'll leave it at that and we can get into <laughs> it uh, from there. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I mean, but it's been 14 years since we've seen each other in person. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Listen, and the energy is still the same, y'all. The energy is still the same. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And everything that you're doing, we've got some very, uh, a word that I'm enjoying using right now is robust. Mm -hmm. So we have some very robust questions that are going to be very challenging, yet thought provoking. And I think it's going to be really important for us to dive deep. Yeah. That's the space I've been in here recently. Decreasing. Um, in different areas of my life so that I can increase my level of depth of service and of value. I love it. Uh, and that's why the resurgence of the podcast and pursuing peace is here. And of course, with your guidance, because y'all, the last episode of my previous podcast was with Abraham. So how fitting that we start the new chapter with him again. I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to getting in because the questions that you have for us today, I think, are ones that uh, we often don't discuss publicly, but a lot of us are probably thinking about it or would if prompted to do so. Yeah. So let's dive in. But I won't dive in too deep just yet. OK. 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 Slowly. We'll we'll slowly get into the depths of that water. OK. Slowly. Slowly. But let's talk about peace. Yeah. You know, when you think about peace, Abraham, what what comes to mind for you about peace in your life and how you've started to pursue peace in your endeavors and efforts with what you've been creating? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, when I think about peace, I immediately think about the absence of external forces acting mm -hmm. on me, even if they're present or around me, they don't impact me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that gives peace sort of a stronger foundation. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think about war, which is very much an external threat. But to me, peace is the absence of that. Uh, it also makes me think a little bit about like what we're like, how we're motivated. Mm -hmm. And I was having a recent conversation about this uh, extrinsic mo motivation versus intrinsic motivation. And you can be high performing, doing well, seemingly in control. But if you're motivated by things like grades, like when we were in school yeah. or money or fame or fortune and things like that, um, you can have success without peace uh, mm. versus peace where you're intrinsically motivated and it, you kind of bring peace with you. So uh, I don't know if that's a precise definition, but that's what it sort of means to me. Yeah. And that's the question. You know, what does it mean to you? <laughs> and the reality is, is I agree 110 percent. Um, when when I think about my journey in life and what I've decided to create and build and do it has been from that intrinsic motivation. It's been from my desire to serve and to give. And with that brings that peace internally for me. I mean, we see it every day with, you know, with celebrities and people who have the fortune and the fame, but they don't have the peace. They don't have the happiness, you know, because yes, money can buy you a lot of things, a lot of things that can give you experiences where you experience moments of joy, where you experience moments of elation, but still at night when you turn off the lights and you're in the solitude of your room, is there true peace that's there right. internally for Absolutely. you? Can you look in the mirror and like the person who you see? Yeah. Uh, I think that's definitely an element of peace is being able to sit with yourself. But again, I want to stress, if you will, that peace is also something that you can bring to other people. Yeah. So how do you bring peace to other people since we're here? You know, how do you bring peace to other people in your life? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'll give maybe some superficial uh, examples. <laughs> um, I remember a few years ago, I was checking out with one of my friends actually from high school as well. And we were at the checkout, uh, I think at like Walmart or Kroger or something like that. And I like dropped my card or something like that. And I just kind of like pause went down to pick it up very like simply and he was just like wow you're so chill all the time and i think in terms of bringing peace to others it's being able to be in an anxious environment or when there's a lot of anxiety around you and to be able to decrease other people's anxiety to me that's just like a tangible practical example of being able to do that and i don't know about you but i encounter a lot of people that have anxiety i have you know anxiousness i guess yeah. in myself but to me People are attracted to a secure, um, you know, kind of like peaceful aura and it's contagious with other people. So that's one way I think you can bring peace to other people. Another way um, I think is allowing people to not feel judged. Mm. Uh, I know it's kind of like maybe a basic thing to bring up, but in a lot of ways, a lot of the fear and anxiety comes from this um, social punishment that we receive when we are a little bit outside the box. So I think you can yeah. bring peace to other people by simply allowing them to live out their lives as they see it. 
and to be a calming, you know, force uh, yeah. in their environment where they feel like they don't have to do anything except for be themselves. Mm-hmm. I just love that you gave such a simple example of like, being at the grocery store and just picking up a card. I tell you, when I was talking to my mom on, on the way here, I was just like, Abraham, he's so chill. He's so all of those things. Right. And exactly what you're saying is so true. It's it's the presence of poise, of gravitas. Right. And of conscious awareness and mindfulness of other people around you and the fact that we're all we're all carrying different baggage grief hurt and pain with us in into every room that we step into so like as a trained therapist make sure i don't say it because i'm not licensed yet you guys okay i'm working on that but as a trained therapist being in my internship having to sit through spaces where clients were saying things like I had clients saying the N word, you know, not to me, but in expression of what their upbringings were, how they're trying to heal from the the different idea ideologies that they were taught throughout their childhood. Right. And they would be like, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend you. And I'm like, walk in your truth, because the way we get to inner peace is to walk through all of what we've went through, all of what we're trying to overcome in order to reconcile it with ourselves and have that acceptance. So then we can stop running from the fears of, I don't want to turn into that person. If I accept these bad parts, does that mean that I have to keep being this bad version of myself, quote unquote, right? If we want to say good and bad, I try really hard to steer away from that, right? Um, I like to say more like effective, ineffective, or, you know, some things like that, because I think, um, That'll be another topic for another day. Right. But the perception of what's good and bad, you know, it just really depends on on a lot of what we've been taught. Right. And so um, we behave in different ways. But I like that presence, um, the the presence of poise and being able to say, okay, I'm in a space where there's anxiety. I'm in a space where I can feel the different energies. I remember I called a friend of mine, a young lady where we're developing a friendship. And so as you're developing a friendship, right? Like we're courting each other. So she's getting to know me. I'm getting to know her. And she had commented in, in a, in a group chat and I, I felt her anxious energy and I'm like, I wonder if she's okay. Let me check in with her. And in her mind, she's like, well, well, what's wrong? Did I say anything wrong? Did I, I was like, no, there was nothing wrong. I sensed your energy and I just wanted to check in with you. And in that moment, she was actually having a difficult time. She was at the airport with her two young toddlers trying to move through all of the different things. And so I just spoke to her for, you know, for a little bit and gave her a little bit of encouragement. And then, you know, went on about my day and she went on about hers. But being able that sense of awareness, and I think that does require a lot of self-awareness when we're talking about that peace and that mindfulness of it inwardly and also externally absolutely and i think you hit the nail on the head you know to use your phrase like you get peace and you give peace exist in peace around it work towards it not because you haven't experienced anything right but because you have and a lot of the fear comes from this unknown and i remember reading this book called life unlocked uh by dr sereni Pillay. That was probably back in like 2014, but um, he was a, I guess, psychologist or therapist uh, at Boston General Mm -hmm. with a lot of like Harvard students who were coming in there, uh, very anxious, trauma and all that. And I remember something very clearly that he said in that book, which was that we often anticipate. 
yeah, our anticipation is often worse than the reality. And I think when you go through things, it allows you to enter other spaces, kind of having a knowingness of you've been through this before. So I think it's great that you reached out to this person because a lot of us see things that are happening, but we don't speak up. Yeah. You don't say anything. So I, if you're watching this right now, take the action, take the step, because it can save somebody's day, maybe even their life. I wholeheartedly agree with that because, you know, we we, we get into the see, say, see something, say something culture only when there's like massive movements behind it. Right. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about our friendships, you know, we really and our relationships that we're cultivating outside of ourselves, we really have to be mindful and we really have to decide and discern what type of friendships do we, do I want to have and who do I want to be as a friend? How do I want to, and, and it really, again, it starts with us. It starts with our friendship with ourselves. And I'm a person that holds my, I hold me, I hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. I hold myself in high regard as far as integrity. Yeah. And I try to maintain peace and learn emotional regulation and all of those things. And so the people that I'm cultivating around me, I want that for them too. And I want them to want that for themselves. Now, if they don't, that's okay. But a part of my friendship that I have cultivated for how I want to operate as a friend is to say, how can I show up? Yeah. How can I show up and not show up with the text of, you know, prayers and wishes. And sometimes that's all we have to give and that's okay. Yeah. But in my immediate circle, I'm, I'm actively practicing. How am I actually showing up? I had a friend who lost uh, his wife last year and I baked him a big casserole and I went and I sat with him. He's a therapist and I went and sat with him and um, we talked for hours and then he went home, ate the casserole, tasted, this is amazing. You know, this is so good. But I said, how can I show up and just, and really physically show up even when I'm busy, even when I don't have the time. And I think for me, that's also a way that I pursue peace. For myself and with my relationships, because I don't want to ask of somebody that which I'm not willing to give. Yeah. So I, I, you know, exactly what you said, and I went down, you know, a little bit of a tangent there, but all of that to me kind of correlates and and molds into that peace that I want in my life because it, I'm spreading that peace into my relationships and trying to help my people still be whole even through their grief and and pain and and hurt as they heal. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we're teeing up the next question, just because you said friendship. Come on, come on. (laughs) Um, One thing that has helped to give me peace or to soothe me a little bit was recognizing that you're not going to be friends with everybody or please everybody. In fact, I don't know if the numbers on this are accurate or not. It's a rough basis, but uh, a third of the people are going to like you, you know, if you're lucky, maybe even love you, you know, a third of the people are going to hate you no matter what you do mm-hmm. they're going to be haters out there and then a third of the people really aren't going to care either way mm-hmm. but the third in the middle is going to respect you if you take care of the people you like you because that's that's admirable that's respectable and um you can invest more when you're not trying to please everybody so when you really do just try to satisfy the people who are on your team on your squad like that to me that gives you peace and reciprocity and it's yes. it's um it's an investment worth making. There you go. And that's what we have to look at. It's an investment. I'm depositing into my bank of friendship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want it to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to invest that stock. 
Don't let look, don't let me get down into that because I don't know all of it, right? But I'm gonna invest that, right? And I'm trying to see it, you know, continue to grow tenfold, you know, and I think that's really important. As we're talking about, you know, peace and and our friendships and and investing in having a peaceableness in our relationships and also within ourselves. With the state of the world today, there's a lot that we see around the ideology of peace or pursuing peace that is very selfishly motivated. What is your take on pursuing peace in conjunction with with selfishness and kind of what we see a a lot of people talking about right now? I don't want to be selfish. So really quick. If you're a service provider or digital marketer and you're ready to hit the revenue and profit goals you set for your business, I have a special announcement. We are bringing back one of our most in-demand masterclasses as a two-day virtual experience scheduled for Monday, March 6th and Tuesday, March 7th, where you get to steal my most profitable selling strategies to double your sales conversions. Okay. Maybe you aren't stealing it, but you will receive the training to teach you how to confidently sell your services, manage your sales conversations, and so much more, along with a workshop experience where you'll receive hands-on guidance from my team and I to help create your complete sales strategy that you can start using immediately to double your sales conversions. So don't delay. Spots will fill up fast. So head to the link below or at classywatson.com to join our two-day successful entrepreneurship masterclass. I'll see you in the class. That is an excellent question. And in a different way, something that has been on my mind for several years now. Um, So after undergrad, I went overseas for grad school at Cambridge Trinity Hall. And it was just for 10 months. I got an opportunity to do it more traveling than I ever had sort of in Europe and even in South Africa. And one of the questions that I was looking at was, you know, a lot of people approach um, today's social issues from a critical perspective, from a critical lens. This is the power. We're the powerless. How do we fight it and battle it back and forth? And I was very much wrapped up in that. But what I asked myself is that, like, what comes after that gets worked out? Like, what comes later? So I started looking more into, like, this post-conflict pedagogy and was still working through what that actually means. Cause I don't know if we have an example about that, but one right. element that I think would certainly be there is this concept of mutual vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain that in, in just a second as I understand it, but uh, you positioned it well by saying like selfishness is a, a threat to mm-hmm. what it is that you're trying to, to cultivate here and mutual vulnerability. Uh, as far as I know, uh, essentially just says you're putting the other person first. If you think about um, like the South Africa is where I actually kind of came into a bit of this understanding um, is where you acknowledge that the person on the other side also has some anxieties and vulnerabilities, right? Like let's say that we're, you know, black folks in America, right? Like we have been subjugated for you know hundreds of years, right? At the same time, how do we get inside the head of the people who are living in the genealogy or the lineage of the people who are doing the subjugating? Like there's a certain element of maybe guilt, shame, powerfulness, maybe even they like some of it and they don't know how to deal with the fact that they don't want to give up that power. Like how do we actually think about what they may be thinking about? Mm -hmm. 
that's us being vulnerable and that's very costly. So in turn, yeah. they should be thinking the same thing. Oh, what would I do if I, you know, didn't have what I have? How would I be feeling? Yeah. And if all of us are sort of thinking in that way, selfishness has to kind of fall to the wayside mm -hmm. um, in that exercise and that will help us get closer to peace. So I think it was helpful to think about that in a situation that I didn't know personally mm -hmm. to be more objective about it. Same thing when you look at the other atrocities in history, mm -hmm. like another example was, you know, Nazi Germany as well, like thinking about the second and third generation, you know, impact of that. So yeah. um, when I think about these types of questions, that always comes to the uh, to the fore. In fact, I was in uh, Harlem recently at mm -hmm. Soul Summit. Um, hosted by uh, one of my friends I actually met in Arkansas too, Reverend Stephen Green. And there was a conversation with a group you know, of, of pastors and then a group of folks who were activists who felt mm -hmm. a bit alienated by the church because of their, um, you know, social behaviors, decisions, you know, identity. Yeah. And when we asked the question, well, what would they need to do to win your approval and vice versa? That was where the conversation had always ended previously. So there was no answer to that. And yeah. I think mutual vulnerability is key there for, for moving forward. That's a roundabout way. I don't know if I lost myself or anybody else going through that, but <laughs> that's what it means to me. Yeah, I don't think you lost anybody. And, and, and for those of you that are watching and listening, ask yourself, how are you practicing mutual vulnerability? You know, as I stated earlier, and as Abraham just hit right on the nail on the head is we are all carrying something. And when we take a mindful approach to, to honestly owning, accepting, and recognizing that, how can you go into the world and practice mutual vulnerability? Maybe start in your home, start with your friend circle and see if you're having conversations where you have, uh, where you don't share the same opinion, or maybe your experience has been different, your background, your upbringing, and what you've been exposed to. How can you learn to cultivate mutual vulnerability inside of your current relationships? And that'll help you learn to start carrying it into the world, because I think that is also that is where it gets really hard. Sometimes, like like we said, when we started this episode, we're having these conversations in, in the privacy of our homes with our friends or people who have maybe like-minded um, ideologies, upbringings, and, and backgrounds, so we don't really get to explore perspectives outside of our norms. And, and as such, we tend to continue to operate in, in a selfish way. Um, and, and I think, like you said, when we start to practice mutual vulnerability, it changes. It changes the game. Mm -hmm. It changes it. And it also helps us start to cultivate more peace within ourselves because we don't have to walk in a room or in a space trying to prove anything. Right. We don't have to walk in a room in a space and try to and conform or feel like we need to conform to the, the community of people that are in there, whether they look like us or don't look like us, whether they talk like us or don't talk like us. I think that's a lot of us in the world judging ourselves, judging other people. In multiple aspects, right? Like judging who we are, how we look, what we look like, how we speak, how we don't speak, our vernacular, our this, all of these different sorts of things. And 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 in the age of of a lot of internet guruism that's out there, you have people doing that as a part of their career, as a part of their platform, judging people, telling them how they should be, who they should be. 
And how in the world am I going to find peace in myself if somebody's always telling me that I'm not good enough? And and now it's not somebody in my immediate circle. It's a random internet person who I dialed in on their live and they only know the tiniest fraction of what I shared with them in 2.5 seconds. Yeah. And now they've judged my entire existence. Yeah. And 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 told me who I can be. And so now Where's that mutual vulnerability in those types of conversations? So let's let's stay here for a minute because I okay. think you're spot on. This is something that I have been dealing with recently mm-hmm. is, you know, criticism or judgment. Yeah. And the question I ask myself now is, well, what if they're right? Mm. And a lot of ways it's like, wait, wait a minute, because we want to entrench ourselves in who you know, protect our own egos and all that. Yeah. But I remember reading a book. Well, my dad is a preacher, a minister. And he's always reading and encouraging me to read like all of these books on you know how to think lessons from uh, the text and all of that. And there was one on Solomon where he was mentioning, uh, you know, loving criticism more than adulation, because mm. in the criticism, that's where your growth is. And it stings. It's tough to hear. And yeah. maybe all of it isn't right. right. But. I try now to look for the one thing that I can use from those encounters to move forward. And to be quite honest, yeah. it takes the sting out of it for me. I mean, it's yeah. still, you know, you still feel it. But as we're talking about peace, how can yeah. we have peace if we're constantly seeing threats everywhere? Ooh. Even if people are trying to attack us, you know, not to get like art of war, or Sun Tzu or anything, <laughs> but to sort of use that energy yeah. against whatever that threat is for your benefit. Yeah. I love that because one of the things that I always say is in an, in a learning environment, there is no room for ego or defensiveness. I'm going to say this to you in a true learning environment. There is no room for ego or defensiveness. When you're, when you're in a classroom with your professor and that professor is telling you what is, what are the principles of, of mathematics in this? You don't go and argue with that. Professor, you don't walk in and say, well, I think I know math a little bit more than you. You don't. You humbly reconcile that information and integrate it into your person and into your understanding. Right. And and like exactly what you're saying, how do I take what's beneficial from this criticism and say, you know what? There is a part of that that was correct that I've been struggling with. How can I reconcile that? Dang this random stranger knew a little something and how do I integrate that message? Only that message, right? Not maybe the other nuanced noise that was, that might've been, you know, some, cause you know, some of them get a little rambunctious, right? But how can I integrate that information into my life, my lifestyle, my person and say, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to make a change because this is new information and I, I need to reconcile it and I need to integrate it. You know, I think that's been a lot of my journey over the last, you know, several years is a lot of unraveling, um, a lot of a lot of growth. I mean, those 20s to those 30s. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that transition and just learning new things about myself, being in 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 situations that I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm even going through this or having to take action or advocate for myself in this type of way. But reconciling that information, reconciling the negative and positive parts and taking what's effective 
and integrating it into, oh, this is the lesson that I learned from that. Yeah. So I have a question for you now because I have to yeah, give you yeah. your props here recently too because we haven't known each other for a minute. And I have seen your growth over the years, especially the last couple as we've sort of re-engaged and you know, we've kind of bonded over the mutual entrepreneurship paths that we've been on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge that I see that growth in you, you and the calmness and also that you have more to give now. So my question is, what do you think helped you to get there as this progress happens? Because you've always been sharp, you've always been smart, you've always been insightful, but now it seems as though you've tapped into a different element. What would you attribute that to? life. I think, I think, I think number one, um, my mom, you know, um, who's here in studio with us today in the room. Um, but one, my mom has always taught me that I have the power within me to grow and to change. Right. And that not only is the power within me, but it's, it's divine power because I'm a God girl, Mm. you know, And that no matter what you're going through, you can change it. My mom um, was a smoker for years. And when I was younger, um, I just always remember this. We were struggling and um, we they hadn't given gotten her check and we were needing to get our rent paid. And we we had an eviction notice and um, she was just so worried. And she prayed and prayed to Jehovah. And she said, I will stop smoking today. if they finally cut this check and, and I can finally get my money so I can pay these bills. Mm-hmm. So my kids are okay. Yeah. Check came through that day and my mom never picked up a cigarette. Amen. I not didn't go to the patch. Didn't go to anything. I never saw her pick up a cigarette again. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe if she struggled behind closed doors, you know, that's her story. But I never saw her pick up a cigarette again from that day. Mm-hmm. And I was maybe six, mm-hmm. seven years old. Mm-hmm. And that power of faith, that power of commitment, integrity, There's, you know, just going through my life and remembering that it doesn't matter what I go through. I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through multiple miscarriages. I've gone through some pain. I've gone through some trauma. I've felt I've felt the sting of racism and discrimination being a black woman in business in the South. I've had to do a lot of things against a lot of powerful people to stand up for myself. But only by the grace of God. And only by staying in prayer, talking to my mom, I call her, talk to her about everything to help me see me when I can't. And, oof, you do this every time, Abraham. This is what happened the last time. (laughs) This is what happened the last time. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just having that faith and knowing that. And then and then also my training as a therapist helps me because I have those understandings to be able to fall back on to help myself. So I have coping skills. I have boundaries that I set. I have my own therapist as well that helps keep me accountable along this journey. And I have a good circle of friends that keep telling me. And and one in particular, we just had a conversation the other day randomly. I walked in the coffee shop just to grab a tea Ended up in there for three hours talking with him. And one of the things that he shared with me is that some people are meant to go deep and not wide. Mm. And he told me that 
in my, he feels in, in his spirit what he knows of me, that I am meant to go deep and not wide. And he encouraged me. I was like, I've been thinking about closing my classic, my photography business. He said, close it. I closed it. Wow. I did. I wow. did. I did. And because my power and purpose is ordained in making an impact and helping people find hope and experience healing in their lives the same way that I've been able to. And, and I do it through being a vessel of God, not maybe pulling out the Bible, reading scriptures every day, but through the likeness of him, through living and leading my life through his image, through the fruitage of his spirit. Right. And remembering that that's who I am and that I am a deep person. And I'm an introspective soul and I'm a deep empath. And that that's really that's really it. So I've had to set I've had to set boundaries. I have a community that I confide in. When stuff is hard, I'm honest about it. I'm honest. When my friends ask me, how are you? I don't say I'm fine if I'm not fine. I say I'm struggling. Today was hard. This happened. And I've been sitting on the couch crying for two hours. It's been a hard day. You know, and so, and I think willing to be vulnerable because I used to wear a cape. Yeah. So, whoo. I didn't mean to, to put you on the spot. <laughs> but, but that's how I've pursued peace in my life um, is through that vulnerability and owning my story. Yeah. And also knowing that my story doesn't own me just because I accept that it is my story. Absolutely. I mean, you embrace it, you see it, you face it. And that's the thing. And maybe that's just a simple exercise that we all can do more. It's just to look in the mirror and have these moments with ourselves so we don't feel like we are pretending to be somebody else. There's a clear line of sight between who we represent ourselves externally and who we are internally. And people can see that and respect that consistency. Yeah. And that's what I hope. I, I never want it for people to see me online and then see me in person and they're like, oh, she is not who she says she is. Right. You know, I've never wanted that. I, I I literally write down the feelings I want to make people feel when they're in my presence. The thoughts I want them to think about me, not because not because I'm stuck on the perception of what people have, but because I'm stuck on developing and cultivating myself. As, as who I am. This is who I am. So, yeah, I want people to be like, oh, yeah, classy. She's going to tell you straight up. She's going to be honest with you, but she's going to be loving with how she says it. She's going to be graceful. People would make fun of me for saying, oh, you have so many flowery words. You're so flowery. And I'm like, um, yeah. it, it's just it's just me. It just it comes naturally. And it took me a while to accept that. And so then I started writing down, I want people to say that. I want people to say that I have flowery words. Yeah. I want people to say those things about me. And so that's how I started pursuing peace, you know, within within myself and within my life. But I know we've got to get to our next question because now you got me crying and <laughs> tearing up. We're going the full, full cycle today. But, but, yeah, and I think that's really important because just segueing into our next question is, as we're pursuing peace within ourselves, this is how I've pursued peace in my life and in my relationships. But how do you see us collectively pursuing peace, both like inwardly at the same time, still trying to manifest and pursue that peace externally? I think a lot of us find it very difficult to be in a world where there's a, a lack of peace. Right. We have to go out into the world, put on our suit of armor like you, like we've been talking about. How do I 
be who I am and also still represent myself that same way in the world. And so how do you find that kind of um, that I, w- I don't want to necessarily say struggle, but that kind of fight to say, OK, the world, I might have to go to battle a little bit. I'm not sure what's going to come my way, but staying how what have you done to help you kind of stay composed in that element of peace when peace doesn't come at you? I think we're similar in that you look to those who came before you in in your mother. And I'll tell you just a quick uh, little story is I remember uh, last year um, I've been more into meditating and I'm not consistent with it. Don't do it all the time. But I remember in this particular time, um, as I was sitting there, I thought back to my grandparents, Mm -hmm. my grandfather, my grandmother, Mm -hmm. and what they would have been thinking the first time they held me as a baby, Mm. the hopes and the dreams and the fears that they had of me. And I watched myself as I was, you know, meditating on this, live my life and grow up through their eyes. Mm. And by looking at it that way, I began to see a little bit more about um, things that I sort of took for granted and things that they really desired and wanted and how that showed up when I received it. So to tie that back into today. So then when I kind of come out of this meditation and move throughout the world, I'm not moving through it from this sort of selfish place. Like I'm here and you know, the world's just happy to have me. It's like, no, there are people who had hopes and dreams for me, people who felt like I was a continuation for them. And they uh, did me a favor by allowing me to determine what that meant without telling me, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. I know that's not necessarily everyone's story. but So in terms of personal peace, I think that's where it comes from. And then I think instead of trying to change the whole world, every time you have an interaction with somebody, that's an opportunity for you to spread that message, and it'll build on itself uh, sort of over time. So I hope that that's the impact that I've been having in different people's lives. You're not going to help everyone, but I consider this, you know, sort of a peace building activity where you or I can feed off of each other and then go back into the world. Hopefully others see the message and they want to do the same. Yes. Do the same pursuing peace. It's like the, you know, paying it forward, you know, that entire movement. And I think it's really important that we continue to have these types of conversations. Do you feel like we will ever, you know, have like, world peace and and if so and if not or if so you know how do you think that we cultivate you know a collective peace amongst the world with all of the things that are going on right now uh i think it's possible mm-hmm. um, i don't know if we will fully appreciate it without having something to compare to <laughs> like once we get to that point because it's like okay this is sort of I'm sure today seems a lot more peaceful than it would have 700 years ago, True. for example. And I don't know True. if you fully appreciate how much more peaceful our lives are now. Like your likelihood of dying, you know, a thousand years ago would have been like one in a hundred or something like that versus yeah. now where it's a lot less likely that you'll, you'll die prematurely. So yeah. um, I hope that that's something that we work towards. Um, but even if we don't look at the entire universe of peace, you know, how can we have peace at dinner time? Yeah. Know? Yeah. Or with your family. How can you have peace? You know, we just finished up the holidays. How can you have peace in the classroom? There are moments where we experience peace 
throughout the day, throughout our lives, even in coming into the studio. I feel like that this was a very peaceful welcome. Thank you, sir. Yes. So uh, how can we build on those moments and just increase those and get a little bit better every single day? Yeah. And that, again, back, back to paying it forward. That and, and if one person does it, right, and then another person does it, and then another person does it, now we have a whole community doing it. Right now we have a whole and then so on and so forth. And we have a whole state doing it. And then we have a whole. Right. And or we have more people getting on the bandwagon, joining the movement to say, how can we, you know, pursue peace in this way or or try to have collective peace in our homes and all of these different things. And I think that's really what I want. Why I transition this podcast and why I want to have these conversations around pursuing peace to kind of keep passing the torch and saying, hey, link arms with me. Join this movement. Let's pursue peace personally in our lives. Let's look and see where are areas that we're missing, right. where we're missing moments of being able to bring that peace, of being able to be peace, right? And um, and say, hey, let's join the movement. Let, let's link arms. So, hey, join the movement. Link arms. How are you pursuing peace right now in your life? You, I bet there's... Many of you out there, you are in conflict with somebody. It might be yourself. It might be a sibling, a family member, a friend, a colleague. How can you pursue peace through that conflict? How can you handle it in a peaceful way? Maybe it's your tone. Maybe it's learning communication. One of the biggest things that I learned and I love um, Dr. John Gottman and his wife, and one of the things that they've taught is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And those are the four horsemen that will ruin any relationship, but they are also the four horsemen that will ruin your communication. That will, and any relationship, it doesn't have to be romantic, whether it's romantic, platonic, professional. The four horsemen of the apocalypse, if you are using them in your communication, you need to stop. It is criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Mm. If you do any of those four, you are creating a barrier to your own peace and the peace of the person that you are speaking with. So I hope that resonated with you. And Abraham, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation, for having me cry, for always asking me the tough questions as well and making sure that I'm showing up and sharing and 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 giving more of my heart and my soul, because that is never anything that I ever try to shy away from. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a phenomenal conversation. It's been deeply gratifying for me. And if I were to leave folks with one you know, word of advice or question yes. or anything like that is to be bold, to be courageous, because all too often we shy away from things that fear really kind of encapsulates a lot of the thought processes that go into the behaviors that we take. So be courageous. Uh, I remember, you know, a number of times like going off, you know, to school is a good example, even starting this firm. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of hesitation or fear. Be bold, be courageous, even you leaving your photography business behind, which was successful, but it allows you, it frees up space for more. And just to draw from my grandfather again, when I was born, you know, I was born, they say, like with my hand open. And he said, you know, this person is going to receive a lot and give a lot because their hand is open. It's hard to receive anything when your fist is clenched. And I think a part of that is being courageous and bold. So that's what I would leave the listeners with and thank you yeah. all for having us here this has been this has been great 
Thank you so much. And we will have uh, Abraham's information listed so you can find Diverse Tech Founders. You can follow his journey and everything that he is doing. Because listen, this man is making waves and impacting so many lives right now. Make sure that you subscribe and hit the like button and follow along on the Pursuing Peace journey. Thank you so much. And as always, you are so powerfully purposed. It exists within and around you. As a matter of fact, it was ordained ministry over your life at birth. It is simply your divine destiny and responsibility to get your footing and to start walking the path. Bye. I'm Classy Watson, and thank you for joining us in our pursuit of peace. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all podcast streaming services. And if you haven't yet, Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. But most importantly, join the conversation and the movement to pursue peace together. Until next time, we'll see you on the path to pursuing peace.